Mexicans began migrating to the United States in significant numbers in the early 20th century, a time when both Mexico and the American Southwest were undergoing dramatic transformations. Although the character of Mexican migration to the United States has changed profoundly over the course of a century, the forces that drew Mexicans northward have remained essentially the same. Mexicans were enticed by American employers who offered them work for better wages than they could earn in Mexico, and they were propelled to leave by violence, poverty, and lack of opportunity in their homeland. By the end of the second decade of the 20th century, several enduring patterns had been established. American employers actively recruited Mexican workers when they were needed, but took no responsibility for them when the need decreased. Mexicans, who migrated from the neighboring country and could relatively easily be sent home, were an employer's dream. Mexicans were cheap and expendable, and so long as labor unions or the U.S. government did not interfere, they had little recourse to defend their rights and improve their lot. When the U.S. economy slowed and jobs became scarce, Mexicans made handy scapegoats. The pattern of migration that developed was circular. Mexicans came and went, with relatively few choosing to settle permanently in the United States and assimilate to American culture. American capital, lured to Mexico by the enticements of cheap labor and raw materials, came to dominate the Mexican economy. That domination was an important factor retarding Mexico's economic development, for the chief lures attracting capital to Mexico have remained constant, cheap labor and resources. Mexico's leaders have added to the problem by making unwise choices with depressing regularity. This chapter traces the beginnings of these enduring patterns. How the Border Came to Be In a sense, the first Mexicans to reside in the United States managed the remarkable feat of migrating without ever leaving home. Instead, the border of their country migrated to the south and west, landing them in a new and alien nation one in which they quickly came to comprise a small and frequently persecuted minority. Their numbers are usually estimated between 80,000 and 100,000. Understanding how and why that border readjustment came to pass requires at least a brief recounting of some deep history. From even before their respective foundings as colonies of European powers, Mexico and the United States developed very differently and the differences tended overwhelmingly to favor the United States as the world entered into the modern era. Mexico, particularly its southern and central regions, was home to the populous and highly advanced indigenous civilizations of the Aztecs, Mayas, and a number of smaller groups. The Spaniards who arrived to conquer and colonize Mexico in 1519 found it neither possible nor desirable to eradicate or relocate such large numbers of Indians although they did manage to kill off appalling numbers with a combination of overexploitation and imported diseases, so they sought accommodations. Indians were cast in the role of peasants and workers, the lowest rung in what soon became a complex racial hierarchy. Indians were joined by Africans and persons of mixed race, known generically as castes. By the time the Spanish colony came to an end in 1821, Mexico's population consisted of roughly 60% Indians, 22% castes, and 18% whites. Most Indians and castes were poor and illiterate. Many could not speak or understand Spanish, which white elites insisted was the national tongue, and a long legacy of discrimination and exploitation together with the practical impossibility of rising up the social ladder no matter how hard they worked, tended to give them a rather pessimistic worldview. White people, meanwhile, had a near monopoly on literacy, owned most of the wealth, and held virtually all of the political power. In short, 
Mexico's racial and class makeup was more complex than that of the United States, meaning ultimately that Mexico was forced to confront challenges that the United States was not obliged to face. Race and class were not the only obstacles to Mexico's smooth entry into the modern world. A wealthy Catholic Church that wielded much political power and which had no intention of tolerating competing belief systems. A formidably rugged geography that made transportation and communication exceedingly difficult a tendency for its people to fragment into isolated regional cultures, a long history of government by kings who claimed absolute power, and an economy that for three centuries had been a state monopoly that was obsessively focused on a single pursuit, the mining of silver. All of these factors combined to make Mexico's early years as a nation uncommonly difficult. Those years were characterized by extremes of penury and political turmoil, even while the United States grew in population and power, increasingly insisting that its manifest destiny was to control the North American continent in its entirety.